wondered what kind of greeting this was. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. Morning. Good morning. Last uh, Sunday, uh, we heard from Maria about uh, the mother, uh, the mother of Jesus, Mary. And uh, this morning, we have the privilege of having with us again uh, Rabbi Stewart. Uh, he is uh, the one that uh, is uh, going around throughout the states and the world to make sure that uh, there's interfaithfulness, which means that. You know, the Jews that have uh, accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior will connect with the Gentiles, uh, the Greeks and the Gentiles, <laughs> to, uh, to be able to have that one, uh, one uh, community. And uh, so we are privileged again this morning uh, to have uh, uh, Rabbi Stewart come, come forward and uh, speak to us about Joseph. Well, good morning, everyone. trying to be a saint has taught me a few things. One of the things it's taught me is that it's tough to be God's person in the world the way it is. It's been tough for me. God knows. I've got more failures than I have successes. If the rest of you are like me, Strugglers, trying to improve your walk with God, then I have good news for you. I'm going to share with you a principle this morning that we get from the life of Joseph, but also from the life of Mary. And uh, the principle is, let your yes be yes, and let your no be no. Let's look at that. Let's start with Joseph. Joseph, the husband of Mary, who was to become the mother of Yeshua, and Matthew's telling of the good news, Joseph's betrothed to Mary. We just heard about Mary this morning, a little bit about the angel coming to her and telling her that she was going to give birth to the Son of God. But let's look at what the angel says to Joseph. So if you've got a Bible, I want you to look at Matthew chapter 1. I just want to read the paragraphs here. 
Matthew chapter 1, beginning in verse 18. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed, think of that as engaged, but it's a different kind of engagement that we have. It was a little more formal. Uh, it was like the first stage of marriage, which we're not allowed to have sex with each other, but you were really committed to each other at that point. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, before they could have sex together, before it was legal for them to do so, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Now, back up a minute. This is not 21st century America. This is first century Rome, uh, first century Palestine, first century Israel. Think of the Arab world today. Uh, uh, think of the way in which a response would be if an unmarried girl turns up pregnant with some guy. She'd get killed for that. This was serious business. Before they came together, she was found to be pregnant with child from the Holy Spirit. Her husband, Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her humiliating it is for him. He doesn't know that she's pregnant by the Holy Spirit. This has never happened before. He doesn't know anything about that. It's never happened again. So, this is bad news for him. He must feel betrayed. He's humiliated. He's a righteous man. We'll see more about that in a minute. But he was unwilling to put it to shame. He didn't want to humiliate And he resolved to divorce him quietly. But as you consider these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, you will call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Verse 24, when Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but he knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. It's interesting to contemplate what Joseph was saying yes to here. People have no less problem counting in those days as they do now. And surely some would have drawn the conclusion. I mean, just about everybody. Everybody would have drawn the conclusion that Joseph and Mary had been having sex, which resulted in the birth of their somewhat earlier son, Jesus. Oh, righteous Joseph, he's so righteous. You know, uh, look at that. Now remember, they're only engaged. Although engagement was more formal and committed then than it is now, sexual relations during the engagement period were strictly forbidden. So then, what, what is Joseph saying yes to? 
He's saying yes to a lifetime, likely a lifetime of humiliation and slander. See that? For the rest of his life. Later on in John chapter 8, we read uh, uh, Jesus having a conversation with the Pharisees. And the Pharisees say to him, well, we were not born of fornication. If you read between the lines, unlike you, and to this day, uh, to this day, Jewish tradition says that Jesus, that the medieval tradition said that Jesus was born of Mary and some Roman soldier. But her name has been dragged through the mud for 2,000 years. And Joseph's name too. My own father, uh, who was raised a very religious Jew, I can count all the religious conversations I had with him on, on, the, on the thumbs of both hands. Maybe one. And here, here is two conversations I remember. Here's one. Now, it's been a long conversation. Virgin birth, ridiculous. That's the whole conversation. So, look what this righteous Joseph is saying yes to here. He's saying yes to a likely lifetime of humiliation and slander pertaining to his relationship with Mary. As a righteous man, one for whom reputations were very important for himself, for his family, for Mary, this yes to a lifetime of questioned reputation, of a questioned reputation, of even a lost reputation, it must have been extremely painful. But he's also saying yes to raising this holy child, this unique one, with whom he is to have a unique relationship. Joseph is saying yes to being the stepfather to a son whose uniqueness he can only barely begin to contemplate. What does it mean? She's pregnant by the Holy Spirit, and this one is going to be called the Son of God, and he's going to be the Messiah. What does that mean? He has no idea. He's saying yes to a whole bundle of, of unknowns. So, and for Joseph, his yes is clothed in a no. If you're going to say yeses for God in your life, there are times you're going to have to say no to other things. And that's the way it was for Joseph. He'll marry her soon. But he says no to having sex with her until the child is born. That's a no. They're married. But no sex until the child is born. He says no to himself. Now, let's talk about Mary for a minute. Mary is perhaps the most impressive. There's an amazing picture of her, a painting of her. If you get on the internet, it's by a black painter, a French-born, named Henry Asala Tanner, T-A-N-N-E-R, Henry Tanner. The painting is called The Annunciation, and it's breathtaking. It's good. In the painting, I can picture it now, Mary is, she's about 15, 14 or 15. She's sitting on a, on, on, she's sitting on, on a bed, or on, on a couch, or what, on, on, 
on, on, on some kind of a sleeping surface. And she's leaning against the wall, and she's kind of bowed down, and her head's a little bowed down. And over in the corner of the room, it's this pillar of light. That's the angel. And he's looking, and I get goosebumps talking about this. Henry Tanner, the Annunciation. And when you, and when you, and her body language shows this kind of, of humble acceptance. She's, she's submitting. She's submitting to this. That's not the one. But if you look, look online, you'll find it. She's submitting to this. Uh, she's saying yes to the Lord. Everything about her says humble acquiescence. So she's saying, what is she saying yes to? Certainly, she's saying yes to the pain of having to tell Joseph she's pregnant. How do you like them apples? He's an older man. Tradition tells us he was an older man. And, and, and she's like 14 or 15. She's got to go and tell him. She's got to go to sleep and tell him, I'm pregnant. That's the bad news. The good news is by the Holy Spirit. <laughs> and you are responding exactly right. Exactly right. Exactly. He doesn't believe that stuff at all. He's going to divorce her. But quietly, because he, he loves her and he's a, he's, a, he's a decent guy. He doesn't want to be believed in her. But he doesn't believe what she says until the angel comes and tells him, don't be afraid to take her for your life. The child in her is born, is, is born of the Holy Spirit. So she's saying yes to the pain of having to tell him. She's saying yes to not just a lifetime, turns out to millennia of smirks of people in the know. Uh, she's saying yes to a situation where people are either going to love her or they're going to make jokes about her. That's forever. It would do no good to protest that the child of the miraculous conception of God. Because no, people were no longer no more prepared to believe it then than they are now. She's saying yes to having her virginal body used in an unprecedented way. She's saying yes to I don't know what. She's saying yes, her yes was a matter of body, soul, and spirit. She's given her body, she's given her soul, she's given her spirit. She's giving everything and saying, I don't know what this could be. I don't, nobody's ever done this before. I don't know what it's going to mean to be the mother of the Son of God. What especially impresses me in these accounts is that, they're, they're, that these all deal, these deal with holy yeses in the area of sexuality. I'm going to talk about to us, and I assume to Mary and Joseph, sexuality is was the most personal of areas. And yet it is here 
that we find these figures bowing to the will of God and saying, yes, with body, soul, and spirit. Regardless of what others may do, regardless of what others may say, my word on this is yes to God. That's still the challenge for us. It sure is. Let's not kill ourselves. If we would take scripture seriously, it will just not to, it will not do for us to imagine that our sex life is none of God's business. As much as we might want to reserve our rights to do as we please in this one area, that will not do. God asks not only for our souls, not only for our spirits, He asks for our bodies. He says, present your bodies as a living sacrifice to God. This is your reasonable service of worship. He also says, uh, you are not your own, you are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body. The, uh, the Bible is intensely practical. There's nothing spooky and, and kind of vague about it. Very specific. To obey God in this area is very difficult in our day and time. Believe me, I know the hard way. I know it's difficult it is. But no one pretend that this is easy, nor that offering our bodies to God is something that most of us welcome. It's difficult. It's neither easy nor comfortable, but God is the only God, is only God to us, and only God for us, where and as we, like Mary and like Joseph, are willing to say yes to God and no to a whole lot of other things. There's no way to avoid it. I'd be lying to you if I couldn't tell you that. Because you can't say no. You can't say yes without saying no. You can say yes to God without saying no to a lot of other things. You can. So let's look at it. Yes is in the area of sexuality, a big yes, which is of course we know. For us too, our yeses to God will be embodied in our nose to attractive options. Years ago, I knew a minister who said, you know, sin is a lot of fun. If it wasn't so much, if it wasn't so much fun, it wouldn't be so popular. That's what he said. Let's be honest. How then are we to find the strength and the character and the resources to say holy yeses to God? Not only in the area of sexuality, but in other areas as well. How are we going to do that? I'm going to give you seven, seven ideas, okay? And then I'm done. First of all, we must remember who we are. Mary says, when she's confronted by the angel, she says, you must remember who you are. We should be able to. We should be able to say. It's a very holy thing to say. If somebody asks you who you are, you say, "I'm a servant of God." You're a child of God. You should also be a servant of God, because He's not only your heavenly Father; He is the King of Kings. So the first thing is remember who you are. If somebody can confuse you about who you are, they can get you to do anything. Remember who you are. Secondly, cultivate the habit of faithfulness in little things. If we don't do that, then it's certain that when the big things come, 
we're going to be in trouble. In Luke chapter 16, verse 10, it says, Unless you are faithful in small matters, you will not be faithful in large matters. If you cheat even a little, you won't be honest with greater responsibilities. That's a, one of the later translations. He was faithful in little, also be faithful in much. He who is not faithful in little will not be faithful in much. So the trick is to take care of the little things when the big things take care of themselves. The little things are easier and they're more important. But if you keep on making exceptions, it's like being on a diet. Now, all of you who love being on a diet, please raise your hand. As a guy with experience losing 45 pounds and gaining some of their back, I know that if I, you know, remember the old commercial, I bet you can't eat just one. You know, there's no, there's no such word as a singular for cookie. For me, there's not, even a, there's not even a singular word for piece of cake. The singular doesn't exist. And if I don't say no in the little things, forget about the guy. And it's the same thing with everything else in your life. Learn to cultivate the habit of faithfulness in little things. So first of all, remember who you are. Number two, even decide who you are. Number two, be faithful in little things. Number three, remember you need the help of God in these things. All these people, both of these people, Joseph and Mary, were people with intimate relationships with God. This must be true of us. It is the Holy Spirit who helps us in these matters. But we must never imagine that his help alone is sufficient if we have not learned to remember who we are and we have not practiced faithfulness in little things. But I want to say that remembering who you are and being faithful in little things is not enough without the help of the Holy Spirit. And I want you to know, the Holy Spirit, what is the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is God's companion presence. Jesus, when he left us, he said, it's true advantage I got away. And when I go away, I will send another comfort and be with you forever. The Holy Spirit is meant to be with us as a compensation for Jesus' physical absence until he comes again. The Holy Spirit is God with us now. God with us here. He's God's companion presence. And Jesus tells us, which of you, if he has a son, and the son asks him for, uh, for, for bread, will he give him a stone? And if the son asks him for an egg, will he give him a serpent? He says, if you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask you? God is a good Father. God has promised you. If you ask for the Holy Spirit, if you ask for the Holy Spirit's help, the Holy Spirit's filling, the Holy Spirit's presence, the Holy Spirit's strengthening of you in the midst of your life, God has already said, the answer is yes. Now, he says, ask and it will be given you, seek and you will find, knock on the door will be opened. Ask and it will be given you, seek and you'll find, knock and it will be opened to you. But the Greek verbs have the idea of asking, keep on asking. Seek and keep on seeking, not and keep on not. Make it a habit of life to always be asking God for his help. Because you can't do it.
do it yourself. You understand? And God doesn't want you to do it yourself. So, fourth, always remember that our yeses to God come wrapped in our nose to other things. Every yes entails other noes. We cannot say yes to God unless we are prepared to say no to other things. When I first came to Fuller Seminary in 1989, I uh, somehow developed a reputation on campus of being a person who you come to if you have pastoral problems. Uh -huh. So it got, now there was an office that somebody had me to use, even though it was a student, I had an office that I could use. But I, I was afraid to walk across the campus. Because I was afraid somebody would come up to me and ask me to help them out with something. My wife said to me, honey, if somebody asks you to, for a favor, or asks you to do something, can you say no? And I said, I didn't know how to say no. But, if you, but if you don't learn to say no to certain things, then you can't say yes to other things. For example, I was asked to be here at 10 o'clock this morning. If I had said yes to somebody else that I was going to be there at 10 o'clock this morning, I couldn't be here. I couldn't say yes to you unless I said That's no what to God. It. So you need to learn to say yes to God. But you can't say yes to God unless you say no to other things. Okay? That's simple. It's basic, but don't forget it. Number six. Five. Five, thank you. These no's to other things and these yeses to God will from time to time involve social humiliation for the name of God. Although we should not go out seeking to be humiliated, to do that would be sick. Don't go out looking to be persecuted. Don't want them to be humiliated. But I just want you to know, there are going to come times when you have to take one for the team. There are going to come times when you're saying yes to God, some guy asks you to have sex with him, and you say no, and then people are going to talk about you as some kind of a dork. You know? It's just going to happen. And especially if you're a guy. You know? Uh, uh, Tim Tebow has been ridiculed by his sex life. You're going to be ridiculed. And not just about sex, about almost anything. Because your ethics, if you're following God, your ethics are going to be a little different from other people's. And they're coming from times when they're going to make jokes about you. I'm telling you honestly, it won't kill you. It took me 70 years, 70 years to get to the point where I can say what other people think about me is none of my business. It's none of my business. It's their problem. I don't care what's going on in their head. I've got a life to live. But it took me 70 years. Maybe I can save some of you 50 years. You know? What do you care what they think? All right. Sixth, Yeshua himself was characterized by his yeses to God. When he was a grown man, defending his teachings to people who knew him well, he said of himself, I always do what pleases the Father. He says, can any of you prove me guilty? If I'm telling the truth, why don't you believe me? He had cultivated a lifetime of saying yes to God. I only do what I see the Father doing. I always do what pleases him. So, follow his example. Number seven. We must remember that everything in our life is God's business. 
to say anything less is to lose the God of the Bible to erect an idol in each place. Even in the most personal of areas, we are obliged to honor God. Only in this way can we be unholy ourselves. It's not for nothing that Yeshua's family is called the Holy Family. We cannot be holy unless we follow the example of Joseph and Mary. May our yeses and our noes demonstrate to the rest of the world who we are and whose we are. Not only now, but throughout the Do we get an amen? Yeah. Let's pray. Oh, God, this is a very direct sermon about an area that every one of us in this room struggles with. So, we thank you for the example of people like Joseph. I mean, he's not uh, not, a, not, not not some kind of a statue sitting in the front of, on the front lawn of somebody. He's not just somebody an old painter. He's a real flesh and blood man, a carpenter, a man of reputation, a man of character, whose teenage wife, teenage fiance, comes to me says. And who uh, decides out of his own character not to humiliate her, but to divorce her quietly. And then, when an angel of the Lord comes to him and tells him that this is a child that's born of the Holy Spirit, he's, he's a man who says yes to a whole bundle of situations that are totally inconceivable, pardon the pun. Can't, can't even guess what it's going to mean. But because it's God, Pray for my sisters and my brothers in this world. Each of us have tough yeses and tough noes. May those yeses and noes become easier because we trust you and because you are present in our lives and we reach out to you. As we learn to say holy yeses and holy noes, may we grow closer to you and experience the kind of intimacy with you. Joseph knew, that Mary knew, and that Yeshua, Jesus, invites us into. We ask for his name.